Hear ye, hear ye? Wanna look like Owen Wilson? No worries. Straighten that up. All you gotta do is go to Harry Gary's thrift shop and you find everything you need. All you gotta do is call 1-800-HARRY-GARY. We are right back at it. Live in effect. What a time to be alive. It's your host, Tay. I have a very, very, very special guest today. Good buddy. Intelligent man. The one who showed me how to get it with this podcast stuff. Gary Faust. What's going on, Gary? Not much. Hanging out on the, on the porch here. Drinking some beers. So, enjoying the weather. So for those who don't know, Gary is a freelance journalist. He also just started his uh, brand new podcast as well. Go ahead and let the people up on uh, what's going on, man. Where, where can they find everything at? You can go to Instagram or Twitter. All of it's the same thing. It's Faust, F-A-U-S-T, underscore Furious. And that's where you can find it. The podcast is called Faust and Furious, and we just bullshit about everyday stuff. Yes, sir. Now, uh, I mean, give, give the people a quick summary and rundown on, on what you represent and, and, and you know, who what you are. Damn, dude. Well, I made a podcast to try to bring different people on from a variety of backgrounds, you know. Not necessarily a diversity of people, more so as a diversity of thought. I want to bring people that are on this side of the spectrum and that side of the spectrum and bring them into sort of some, some sort of an understanding because right now we're having some communicative problems in this country. A lot. Yeah. So, a lot. So I like to have open-ended conversations, no apologies, no filter, just people really, how they think, how they think about the world and philosophy, you know, dip into their mind and try to understand people better. Straight, raw, and organic. Yeah. Um, today, we really, I mean, we really didn't discuss on what topics we're just going to just be boys and talk about some real shit. Yeah. Well, we were just not debating, but we were discussing if... If this modern era that we're living through is truly a great time to be alive. My opinion is, I believe this is one of the best eras on this, that has ever hit this planet to be alive. Uh, the reason why I feel like that is because communication, education, technology, everything is right there. Technology is, I would definitely agree with that. Technology is way we've surpassed anything relative to the standard of living that, that there's ever been on earth mm-hmm. but i don't think education is where it should be at and i think that technology although it's you know we're at a we're building technology right now exponentially i mean it's going to keep course, going up for of a long course, time yeah definitely our society's starting to become unbound by religion so we we're we're opening up more avenues of conversation mm-hmm. but i don't think that technology is really used for the right reasons and there's a lot of censorship occurring currently I'm adamantly, vehemently against censorship. I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad time to be alive, but I don't think it's any sort of golden era of history. Is there there's, even there's a, is there even a golden era? I mean, Would you say about, it was a golden think era? About how how well how familiar are you with like the Enlightenment or the, the Renaissance period? There's a lot of times in Europe where people have these massive leaps of understanding, and I'm not saying that. That isn't happening to some degree right now, but we have a lot of misunderstandings and people are using technology the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you looked on Twitter lately? It's uh, a train wreck, man. Is it? It's just people talking shit to each other. They're not even talking about anything. 
It's been going on for decades, bro. Right, but with this kind of technology, we should be communicating at a much more effective level. That is true. Um, I mean, <sighs> look, we're not out here killing each other for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, diseases aren't running free and taking out half the Earth's population. We're able to... Yeah, there's no black plague or anything. Right. I'm never, I would not argue right now. Dude, you and I live pretty comfortably. I wouldn't argue Correct. that we're in a, a bad time of American history mm-hmm. or world history in general. I mean, I think things could be better, man. We have a lot more, we have the capability to achieve a lot of great things, to understand each other. Okay, but, okay, what you're saying that right now, but you, all right, you're saying that right now with that statement that you just said. Would you be able to say that back in the 40s? Would you be able to say that? Back in Mongolian days, would you be able to say that? Back in World War II, would you be able to, you know, I can keep, the, the list it can keep going on. Well, it depends what factors you use. You know, freedom of speech is, in my opinion, pretty rapidly decaying in this country. And we talked about this on my last episode. Right, right, right. We've got this technocracy oligarchy, which in layman's terms means we've got a bunch of tech companies that are basically running everything right now in terms of freedom of speech with social media platforms and whatnot. Correct. And they've become so large that they're arguably now the new public square. And when you have something that large and then they decide to do things that go against the basic principles of this country and censor people like Louis Farrakhan, Alex Jones, when they do stuff like that, it's detrimental to dialogue, to openness, transparency. Nobody knows what the fuck anybody else is thinking if you're on different sides of the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big issue. So that's part of the reason why I argue that we're, we're almost getting into a rut and we might be going downhill at this point because I, I factor in freedom of speech as an, a very important factor. That's okay, uh, definitely an uh, important question for you. What, as us human beings, what can we do to prevent the downfall of us climbing to the t- climbing to the top basically as Americans or, or? Uh, we could start we could we start we'll start off with America first all right let's head inside so that we can get good audio okay so as Americans we need to make sure that we have unfiltered speech political correctness is I think a polite way of censoring people just they just put a little bow on it mm-hmm. oh it's a nice way to talk to somebody that's different than you no you're not gonna get what people are really thinking and really feeling okay. if you're if you're sugarcoating everything I mean we say things to each other that have, a lot of people would view it as uh, keep it real I don't you know what I don't think people really know what to think about us because of the way we talk they're not used to it well I mean that's the thing me and you ended up building a, a, a chemistry between one another to mm-hmm. where we could talk, you know, on that type of level. Yeah. Now, meeting somebody randomly and trying to have that discussion, you don't want to offend somebody by saying the wrong thing. So how you try and figure out how to go around those curves. Right. And, uh, and there's a, but there's a difference between being politically correct and being polite. Right. Okay. I don't know how to define that, but there's, there is a difference. There's a big difference, honestly, if you think about it. You know, I think comedy is a good barometer for that. Look at comedy back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Um, There were people like Don Rickles, Dan Carlin, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. Pryor, man. Man, those guys didn't give a shit 
about what people thought. Pryor would rag on everybody. Dan Carlin. George Carlin. I'm sorry. George Carlin. He did a whole bit about words you can't say. And some Race, of his, they and were some racial. of his stand-up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Racial epithets, cunt, mm. fuck, piss, shit, all that kind of stuff. But he did a whole thing about it, and he talks about how the, the words are not offensive. The intent behind words are what make them offensive. Um, you know, if a woman is offended by the term cunt, you can have an objective conversation and say it in a neutral manner. Right. Just, you know. But now it's at the point where a lot of the times women are just offended outright by the word, even if you're using it in a non-defamatory way. That's not good. That's really a way to kind of manipulate someone's emotions if you can make words offensive. I think it just depends on the, the person and the, the character and the history behind that person, to be honest with you. I would agree, but we shouldn't be restricting dialogue by labeling certain words as politically incorrect. I mean, it might be offensive, but well, you can say it's it's just like uh, when you uh, if you approach a, a black person, you know, you won't be like, "Hey, what's up, nigga?" You wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't. You would not say that. But if I was having a conversation with, with a black guy about why that word is offensive, mm-hmm. there should be no offense taken if I'm asking, "Hey, why is the word? Why is that word? Why is that word offensive?" See, I'm, I'm right now. I'm feeling like. I don't even want to say that word mm-hmm. because people are going to get offended by it just because right. I'm asking a question. This is hypothetical, but how am I supposed to learn if, a, if that word's offensive if I can't even ask that question? Well, I mean, if you want to learn, that's just, a, that's a, just look on the history behind that, that, that word and uh, how it what, originated. What, through the through textbooks? Through school? No, nah, definitely people not. that don't understand it? No, I need to ask the man himself. Yeah, okay. And we've obviously, off air, we've had plenty of conversations about this and other a ton of other stuff I mean we've talked about stuff that I don't even talk to really anybody about mm-hmm. my point is that po- political incorrectness and labeling words as offensive stifles communication period no matter what because if some let's say you're talking to somebody that's a, a racist how are you ever going to change their mind if you can't actually have a down and dirty real life talk about something like that well, I mean, that's tricky because uh, if you're talking to a racist, their mindset is... You can change is, it. You can. It's happened before. If it wasn't happening before... If, if it hadn't already occurred to some degree, there would still be uh, a large portion of the population that's incredibly racist. And that's, from my life experience, not I mean, true. don't get it wrong. You don't know who is racist and who's not. There's a lot of undercover racists. So how are you supposed to change their mind if you can't even talk about things? That's my point. They just go undercover. They go in the closet. They're closet racists mm. because they can't talk about it. Doesn't that make sense? No, I hear you. I hear you. I think people just have open conversations, man. You can be offended and still have a conversation with somebody. Right. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of times I've offended you when we're talking or you <laughs> yeah, offended yeah, me. Yeah. But we don't... That, yeah. well, that, that goes based off of our connection and our, our bond. We built right, that to right. where we could talk on that type of level. And even if we say some outrageous shit... I don't There's take an it, understanding. I will, I will not take it personal because I know who you really are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're making a joke or whether you're still trying to learn on that topic. Right. So what I'm saying is that it, I think a society would function better together. People in general would function better together if they didn't have to spend the time and the effort to get to know somebody. And right off the bat, you could have an open conversation and expedite that process. So as Americans, what can we do to... 
to help other Americans communicate on that type of level. Do what we're doing right now. Having a conversation that people can listen to. This is, I think the, what we're talking about is kind of mind expanding, mm-hmm. you know? And there's probably a lot of people that are going to listen to this and disagree with what I'm saying. And maybe people disagree with what you're saying, but mm-hmm. it still needs to be heard. Right. Do you know how many people just watch Fox News and <laughs> that's where they get all their perspective from? That's a very uh, one-sided, singular viewpoint. That's true. That's like getting in trouble in uh, the dude who snitched on you. Or right, say we're in school, you get into a fight, and uh, the teacher goes to the other guy you got in a fight with and asks what happens, and he tells her, and then that's it. You don't get to share your side. Yeah. It's kind of how like that's kind of how it is when it comes. That's to how this. the news is for yeah, sure. Definitely. They get they. I mean, Fox will bring on one liberal and have three conservatives bashing him. <laughs> And then MSNBC will have on one conservative and have three liberals bashing him. It's so dumb, it's, dude. It's crazy, man. It's it's Shit, if you get in a fight in school now, you don't even get to talk. You just get... Oh, you're everybody. It doesn't matter. You're in the... Both both parties are wrong. I, I they, say we both let... Fuck it. Let them duke it out. Shake hands. We're going to sit down and talk as about long this as it's, As long as it's... Uh, cons- like, as long as it's a consensual altercation. You know, if, if somebody just jumps somebody else in the hallway... That's unacceptable. Yeah. But if you got two guys that got beef, they want to work their issue out, they go out in the in the schoolyard and just beat the shit out of each Put other. Put the guns down, hand it, be a man, handle it like a man. Well, get out see. there, put the gloves on, go to the boxing ring, duke it out. You know what I'm saying? After we duke it out, we can go down the street, grab some grab something to eat, chop it up, grab a drink, smoke something, and and go our separate separate ways, you know, and and live life. Well, I'm not gonna condone high schoolers getting stoned. I'm not talking about high schoolers, but I'm just talking but about in general, in general. Yeah, I would agree. Do you know how many people I know that got expelled from my high school for fighting? I've gotten in trouble. I don't remember times. what the rule was, but it was something like you get you get in one fight, out of school suspension. You get in a second fight, you're done. You got no educational future at that point. Oh wow! You, yeah, it's I didn't fucked. think I, I ain't really. Think well, about but see, that. you're from a different area than me. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You're over, I, you're over here saying put the guns down. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that kind of shit. I mean, in, in today's society, it's. Uh, like back home in San Antonio, Texas, there's a lot of young cats out there dying over stupid beef. I believe it. Stupid beef. If you got beef, man, go hand, handle it like a man. So, Pete, were, were people overdosing on drugs in your high school? Or was it more uh, fighting and people going to prison, shooting at each other and shit like that? I mean, it was just like a, it was just a mixture of everything, bro. Honestly. My, my high school, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. White people were the minorities in my high school, dog. Did it's, they get fucked with? To a certain occasion. It just depends. Well, in my high school, the big issue was opioids. I mean, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, so that's where that all that shit started. And mm-hmm. People were fucking overdosing left and right. It was crazy. It's, I, I don't know how, I haven't been back home in eight years, man. I took off. I ghosted a whole city. <laughs> I mean, hey, it worked out for you though. Yeah, it did, man. I, I got. There's my no shit telling going. how you what. There's no telling how your life or what your life would be like today. If I would have stayed in Dayton, I think I'd be in prison. Yeah. I don't think I'd be dead because I'm pretty resilient, but I would probably have gotten locked. You're talking up. about Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, I got in a lot of trouble at a young age too, but it taught me a lot. Definitely taught me a lot. Can't say I regret it. I could have made better decisions, of course. And um, I could have been in a better at a better position than I am. Let's right uh now. let's switch topic. Let's talk a little bit more about uh let's talk a little bit more about you. Uh how you were raised. 
your environment. Let's chop it up on some real shit. Talk to me. So I was born, like I said, I was born in Dayton, Ohio. I grew up there for the most of my life. My parents split up when I was five, and I did live in Kentucky, northern Kentucky, for three years. I went to a private Catholic school, and I got kicked out of Damn, there. Damn, I did not know that. Yeah. You never told me that. Yeah, bro, we wore uh, we wore Fucking uniforms and everything. With the tie and all that yeah. shit? No, not, we didn't have a tie. We just had, you know, blue khakis. We had to wear nice shoes mm -hmm. and, you know, the little polos. It was a Villa Madonna Academy. And what happened with that? Why why didn't that work out for well, you? Well, I got in a lot of trouble. I got in a lot of fights and I talked back to teachers. I Nothing's changed. <laughs> what do you what uh, what do you feel like caused your um emotions and your your actions to feel the way you felt? I don't know, age? man. I was always just a wild kid, but I I went there for about 3 years, second, third, fourth grade, and then I simultaneously got kicked out of school and my mom got divorced for a second time and we moved back to Ohio. Mm -hmm. So I got back to Ohio, went to high school out there, and I just got in so much trouble. I was hanging out with the wrong people, doing things I shouldn't have been doing, and one day I I got in some deep shit and... Explain. I grabbed... I'm not going to talk about that. No? Okay. He's like, I still got pending charges. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that well. That's all behind me, but I... I I packed up a couple bags, bought a train ticket, and I just took off to California, man. I, I didn't tell anybody except my mom, my pops, and then my brother. But I took off, spent some time in California at school out there. I did my thing. I studied film. And then my mom got remarried. Not remarried, but she, she met another guy, and she was moving to Tennessee, Nashville. Mm -hmm. Left California, came back, helped her move down there, spent some time in Tennessee, working as a carpenter and doing some other stuff. I actually worked... You know Luke Bryan? No. He's a country guy. He's an asshole. <laughs> I worked on his house, man. He was a wearing his skinny jeans. He was a prick. I didn't like him. <laughs> Anyways, spent some time out there, and, and I, went, I went back to California, got my associates in English. I switched over from film, because film is a, is a rich boy's game. You gotta have money to be able to buy the equipment. You gotta know people. Nepotism might not be the right word for it, but it's it's hard for someone like me to get through that. So I made kind of a strategic move to get into English because I planned on going to a university from community college. Mm -hmm. So I graduated with my, my associates in English, moved up north. I was just out there doing some country boy shit because Northern California is nothing like Southern California. You was out there on the farms out, out there? there? Oh, yeah. I was out there trimming <laughs> and, and helping build privacy fences. Oh, man. Those, those Northern California boys... They've got guns. They've got big ass weed plants. They do not fuck around, man. At all. They're outlaws. You gotta protect. It's you gotta protect. It's wild, it. man. But uh, so I did that for a little bit, and then I moved, and I drove down here to Texas. Okay. And that's when I got into the. That was why I got my English degree because I was thinking into the future. I thought if I get an English degree, I'll have a better shot of getting into a university rather than with a film degree because mm -hmm. they're a lot more strict on who gets accepted with a film degree. So I thought English better acceptance rate, I'll get into the school, and then I'll do a little, you know, kind of weasel my way into the, the, the film program. But while, after I got here, I decided I did about a semester of English, and I thought, hey, you know what, I'm just going to switch over to journalism instead of film, because journalism is uh, kind of a combination of the visual, the audio, and also, like we're doing right now, it's just chopping up. You talk to people. So I thought that might that fit my skill set a little bit better. Okay. That's how I got to the point I'm at now. It was a, quite a trip. 
so you seem well educated, well rounded as a man. With the mistakes that you made, what what do you feel like, you know what I'm saying, caused those those type of mistakes? Was it the environment you placed yourself in? Was it the people who you sort you know, surrounded yourself with? What do you feel like it was your 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 something deep down that happened in the past? What caused certain situations man, I don't know. to happen? I really don't know. You ever thought about that? Oh hell yeah, man. I mean I when I was going through high school I got I was in trouble twenty four seven. I mean I was talking to the principal three times a week. It was bad, man. Mm. I was I was easily one of the worst kids in the entire school. They thought about sending me to a the school of possibilities, which was What? There's a what? Wait, what? So check this out. My high school, yeah, Centerville High School. And then there was this sort of off to the side they had a, a school you could go to for kids that Alright, I'm just going to be blunt. It was for the fuck-ups. That's mm-hmm. what happened. Of course. And, and I almost got sent there. And, uh, man, I don't remember who who stopped me from going there. Thank God, whoever did that yeah. probably saved my fucking life. Because that school, the kids that went there, not all of them, man. Some of them did alright, but most of those kids that went to that school, they, didn't, they didn't end up in a, in a good spot in life. Hmm. But one of my parents, I'm guessing, you know, went behind the scenes and said, this shit isn't happening. My son's going and he's going to graduate from from the regular high school. He's not going to be going to school possibilities. He's not going to be getting a GED. He's gra- His ass is graduating. So it was, it was basically your mother who kept you motivated. I don't know. It could have been my dad. It could have been my mom. It yeah. might have been both of them. I have no idea. But I was struggling. And, um, you know, anyways, I just got in a lot of trouble. And I don't know why. I was just a wild kid. I've always been like that. Yeah. I think it's got something to do with... Uh, my general lack of respect for authority. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know where it comes from, though, man. Oh, you would not do good in the. My dad's kind of like an outlaw like that too. Yeah. Outlaw is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. I think it's genetics. Rebellious. You think so? It just runs. I think I'm just family. genetically like <laughs> fuck the system. I, it could be. I don't it know. might be. You never know. But uh, let me tell you a quick story. All right. Uh, I believe it was fourth grade. I was in fourth grade. My brother had just got into some deep trouble with the laws. Mm-hmm. The brother you had on the first episode? Right, my brother Danny. And I, So what happened was, he got into it with the laws, ran from the cops. Uh, my elementary school was right up the street from where we lived, and he ran, went there and he, you know, ended up there. They arrested him there. And the school ended up finding out that it was my older brother. They sent me to, count, uh, like, a counselor in fourth grade and I remember going to the counselor bro and she's sitting there talking to me and she's trying to tell me how to how to feel how to deal with these problems and uh I didn't really tell her at the time but now that I'm older uh, and I look back at it it's like how can you tell me how to feel if you've never walked a day in my shoes if you've never been in my situation if you've never felt what I felt or, or seen what I've seen you cannot relate to me if you cannot relate to me why are you trying to tell me how to feel? It just, it does not work like that. It will never work like that. You're here, you're getting a paycheck while I'm over here dealing with some real life shit that's probably gonna fuck me up for life. When it comes to young children and their mindset, bro, it's, it's, because their mind's so immature and it's so, um, it's, it's still open-minded. They're still learning information, so they're still gullible to, to a lot of things and they're embracing a lot of information. It's just like, bro, you cannot, you yeah, like you, you, you just can't relate. I can't relate to you. 
I don't think most psychiatrists, psychologists, whoever, I don't think most of them are worth their salt. I got sent to plenty of them. I didn't get along with any of them. I so told, it was a waste of time. Man, I told more than one psychiatrist <laughs> to fuck themselves. <laughs> and I think that's what I, I, it was so long ago, I really can't remember too much, but it's like. You know how you learn? Life experience. Of course. Period. It's the best education. Of course it is. <laughs> the best education. That's why a lot of these kids that are coming out of college aren't prepared for real life. Because they've never dealt with it. They've never dealt with real life. Their parents sheltered them. Not all of them, of course, but a lot. It is what it is at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So what do you? What made you do this podcast anyways? You. Definitely. You. Damn, man. No, real shit. Well, that's cool. You definitely inspired me. Like, bro, we would sit and have deep conversations late at night for yeah. hours, bro. For hours. And we wouldn't even be drunk. I mean, I might be high, but <laughs> yeah, I was drunk. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but we would have it. We would have very intelligent conversations, and it opened up a part of my brain to it's like, oh man, like this dude is. Well, I'm trying to continue doing my podcast. I want to get more people on. I got, I've got a list of about 20 people I got lined up. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing these pretty consistently. We're gonna talk politics. We're gonna talk philosophy. I just had a guy on that I was talking about. He's getting a book published, and we were talking about psychotropic drugs and how they affect your mind. So I'm I'm branching out, and I'm getting into science, technology. I don't really care what the the subject is, as long as I'm I'm talking to people that have different insights, and that's how you kind of you know gather information and form mm-hmm. your worldview. Then you can go apply that worldview to make your life better. And as a human being, I think to a certain degree, it's your responsibility to bring other people with you. So I'm glad that I, I you know, I'm honestly inspired you, you to help yeah, you do man. this. You opened up a, a another eye, and uh, to be honest with you, bro, uh, throughout my whole life, I've never, I've never really felt a true passion or a way to express it. And you putting this on me, it, it makes me feel good. I'm, I love what I'm doing. I have, a, I'm starting to become, or I'm starting to have a passion for this shit, bro. I've also noticed that. So we grew, we. We grew up, I was about to say we grew up in El Rio. <laughs> we met each other at this apartment complex called El Rio. We nicknamed it Hell Rio oh because this place was, it was like a, the loony bin. It was like a psych ward. <laughs> Bro, it really was. About it. it was crazy. I thought we was crazy. Nah, motherfuckers who lived in there were crazy. Man, when, I, when I'm the most coherent person, <laughs> something, something wrong. Uh, but, uh, we met there, and I've told so many people this story when they're like, how the hell did you and, and Tay meet each other? Because we don't come from different... We, we come from different backgrounds, man. Of course. We yeah. don't come from... I mean, you're from Texas. Mm-hmm. You're from rough area, and I'm from Ohio. And Another rough area? Well... Dayton, yeah, yeah it, I mean, it's but rough, bro. If I grew you... up in a suburb, though, man. Okay, I, okay. I, I was fortunate enough to be raised in an area that, that didn't have high crime but you still you saw know, and experienced certain things that a lot uh, of a young men yeah. should never experience yeah. well I put myself in a lot of those situations because I was a dumbass kid but I had just moved into this place this is right when I started going to UT this was two years ago about two years ago two and a half I move into this place it's sh- it's the shadiest sketchiest building affordable motherfucker was affordable though <laughs> It's uh, since since then it's actually been knocked down. They lived in worse. It was they were breaking all sorts of regulations oh and shit. God, the, the fucking piping was fucked up. Homeless, homeless were moving in at the end. That's yeah. how horrible it at was. At the end of this, they had a homeless. We had homeless people living in this building. I was 
I was checking people in the hallways, making sure they were. They're shipping them from San Francisco you, to fucking what's, El Rio. What's your name? I'm Scruffy. Get the fuck out. <laughs> You're not welcome here. Oh my god. I was kicking hobos out of this building. But we I remember we were outside, I just moved in. The leasing agent that gave me the tour was real sketchy. The the management company was real sketchy. They ended up fucking me out at like two thousand dollars. I'm outside and the mailboxes are all wrong. So I can't get my mail. I'm waiting on a bunch of important documents. Real important shit, man. You know, I got checks coming in. I got other stuff coming in. <laughs> and uh, I'm out there. I'm a little high-headed sometimes. And I'm trying to open this mailbox up. It's not open. And I'm getting, I'm getting what, you, what the fuck? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, bro, calm down. Calm down. The mailman will be here in about like five minutes, man. Calm down. I'm waiting on my ID. I had just moved back from California. So I, I had to get a Texas ID. Calm down, white boy. <laughs> and I look, I look over at this guy, and and uh, the sun hit him just right, and he looked like a fucking <laughs> angel. He's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, you gotta relax, man. The, you, what are you gonna do? I was like, I'm, I'm ready to rip this bitch right off the wall. Anyways, so you helped. Somehow you helped me out. I got my check from the school, and then we just started kicking it, and. From there, just a bunch of wild shit happened over there. We had a... We had Fucking a, fight rings in there. We had all types of shit going on there. Right? there, was, was there was, well, I'm not going to associate myself with that, but there was a, <laughs> uh, there was a, there was a fight club that was occurring, and uh, I opened a door to this room one day, and this dude's just getting fucking slapped in the face. Oh Clon. my God, bro. But no, man, uh, to sum everything up, I feel like everything uh, happens for a reason. Uh, I feel blessed to to be who I am today. Uh, I feel blessed to be where I am today, and I feel blessed to be a part of your life, my man. Go ahead and sign off. Tell them where to follow your podcast. Tell them everything you wanna, want them to know about you real quick. Well, I already man. told them. Just find Faust and Furious on Google. It's on there. Faust underscore Furious for all my social media. I just started with all that. I'm I'm like an 80-year-old man figuring this shit out for the first time. It's your boy Tay. Signing out of here. What a time to be alive. I'm here with Gary Faust. And we out of here, man. Enjoy your day. You dig? Yeah, whatever, Mom. This is my life and I do what I want. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. If you made it this far, yeah. Definitely a real one. So check out... Anchor.fm slash what a time to be alive. Donate, like, share, follow. You dig?